Welcome on into the Friday edition of the Locked On Syracuse podcast. You have made it to the weekend. Tyler Rocky and Tim Leonard with you every single weekday here on the show. Check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. You get all the latest content from the podcast there. All right, Tim. So today on the show, we've got a schedule with dates now. We used to have just the opponents. We have the days now. And then Dino Babers spoke about everything going on with COVID-19, the schedule, how his team looks on and off the field. So we'll dive into some of those comments in a little bit. And we've got our first player opting out of this 2020 football season. We will talk about Cooper Dawson and maybe more uh, that could be joining him in just a little bit. But first, we start with this schedule because there's knowns. There are dates now. It looks like things are starting to settle in a little bit. And... Let's just kind of go. I'm not going to go game by game. We're not going to pick games here today. Maybe we will down yeah, the road. Yeah, plenty of time. But yeah, we do. And uh, let's just start with this. All right. So the season's set to start now on September 12th, a trip to Chapel Hill to take on North Carolina. When I look at the way the schedule breaks down, it's just, it's chunked up. All right. I see, I see a lot of streaks here. In terms of winning streaks and losing streaks, I don't see a lot of one-off games when I go through this entire schedule. Yeah, I think to me, especially the way it starts, it's kind of two segments because, as you mentioned, UNC a tough opening game on September twelfth, where it's on the road and it's a team that's supposed to be one of the top three, top four teams in the entire conference. Now, UNC is being hyped up as that. It team this year that was kind of Syracuse last year so at least they're not like one of the proven mainstays but I do like what UNC is doing and they have Sam Howell at quarterback so they're gonna be a tough opening game Pittsburgh yeah, and Mac yeah. Mac Brown's not the guy I think you want to go up against who's had a whole offseason to, to I guess it's not a whole offseason but he's gonna have what six weeks to prepare for you yeah probably not the guy I want to face yeah, it's a tough opening game for that three-three-five defense and a, and a very young team that Syracuse has. So then Pittsburgh game two. Pittsburgh's one of the best defenses in the ACC. Great defensive line going up against our offensive line that has tons of question marks. Um, so I, I think those two, you start out and you're like, all right, let's just try and steal one of those games. And that is a great start, I'd say. If you go 2-0. Which one like, looks a little easier for you? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess... Because you battle here with... North Carolina is probably the better team overall. Yeah, I guess Pitt is a little easier. But but at the same time, that first game, anything can go. Yeah. Because who knows? Maybe you're, you're not up to speed with some of the guys who need to be where they need to be. Now, I think Syracuse, with all these moving parts of the offseason, probably going to struggle a little bit out of the gate, whether it's defensively, whether it's getting all the offensive players on the same page and stuff like that. So, and and Dino Babers even admitted as much, listen, it's either going to be really good or really bad, but we're going to, we're going to be out there for that first week. And I think that's kind of interesting. I I don't think that's necessarily a vote of confidence in his team for that, that opening week. I think he's leaving it up to the unknown and kind of hoping for the best right now. That's the way it played off to me. Yeah, he said the schedule was interesting, and it was interesting because he hopped on the line for this Zoom press conference about 45 minutes after he looked at it for the first time, and all he said was, it's interesting, I just looked at it, and and then he kind of went into, we have an extremely young team, so you're right, I wouldn't say it was a huge vote of confidence, I think he understands 
this is kind of lofty when you take away some non-conference games that you maybe should win. And we'll, we'll get into Liberty in a sec, I think, on them being included into the schedule. But uh, the next group after that, I think, is where it really determines, okay, this is what to make of the Syracuse season so far. And, and if we're playing all these games and we just pretend that this all goes according to normal, like a normal season and we take away those question marks for a second, those next three games, it's like, okay, if they if they struggle in this stretch after maybe losing the first two, I don't know if they're worth watching much more because you got Georgia Tech at home, Duke at home, and then Liberty at home. Is that- and then a bye week, got to mention that, the bye yeah. week is, the first bye week is sandwiched between Georgia Tech and Duke. Yeah, that's a good point. So the way the schedule shook out, I would say, is pretty solid given that we knew the opponents were going to be very tough on the road and fairly easy at home. I I like that Notre Dame's the last game of the year. Clemson's kind of in the middle after that three game stretch. I just mentioned it's the sixth game that you'll play. All these games are on Saturday. It's set for Louisville. That's a road game on November 20th on a Friday night, which I think they played Louisville on a Friday night before, but you know, I yep, think the that schedule. Was, uh, the Lamar Jackson game was a Friday night. I, yeah, I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, that was, down at the dome. Yeah, that was a tough one. I remember being at that game and all jacked up. A lot of Friday scaries play. that night. Yeah, whether it was the deep ball, whether it was getting hurdled over, it was it was yeah. not a fun sight. Although I, I don't think that's going to be the case this year with Louisville. No, I, I think you're right. Don't get me wrong; still a solid team, but yeah, not I, not Lamar Jackson level. Louisville. I hope. I hope. I think. I think you're right when you said earlier. But it's a lot of, uh, maybe you win one here, lose one here. The only stretch that I see that you can pick off a couple in a row is that stretch I highlighted when you start the uh, Dome 2.0 on September 26th against Georgia Tech. Then you play Duke and Liberty at home following that. When I look at the schedule, too, that Georgia Tech game, I think, is going to determine the season. I really do yeah. because I'm not very confident they're starting out one and one or two and zero. Oh. I'm I'm a lot more confident in the fact that this team is going to begin the year zero oh and two. If you get to Georgia Tech and you don't win that game, zero oh and three, headed into a bye week, I think that's when you see guys start to check out because there's going to be so much stuff happening around them, and who knows? Maybe some guys they're they're going to say, "All right, my health is more important." I need to worry about that, and I, I don't know if I, I should be playing football. Maybe I don't I don't know if there's going to be an in season out clause, but I think you might see some guys at least mentally check out, if not physically, opt out of the season at that point. Because if you've got an zero and three football team, and you've got everything else going on in the world that that these guys are dealing with. And, I mean, the the big X factor in all of this is what is this going to look like with students on campus? And if you check out at after that Georgia Tech game, A, I wouldn't necessarily blame you. Yeah. And, and B, I, I wouldn't be surprised either. Let's, let's go back to basketball for a second. What did Jim Boeheim say when they struggled in Brooklyn last year? He said something specifically about having a young team. He, he mentioned time and time again after losing those games that the tough thing is when you're young, your confidence is fragile. You, you It's tough to get back to winning because you're worried. You're like, uh-oh, 
is this just going to keep on happening? You're yeah, not you start used to press to it. a little bit too. Yeah, you mm-hmm. start pressing. We saw it with the basketball team. Jim Beheim's been around a while, and I thought that was a pretty good observation last year of how the team was playing at that time. Well, this is a really young Syracuse football team. And as you said, who knows where we're at in the world? Who knows where we're at on who's positive, who's negative uh, against Syracuse's opponents or on Syracuse's own team and so forth. But you start out in those two road games. I'm not writing them off. Absolutely not. And I think you made a good point that this is such a weird time that maybe that gives you a better chance than normal. They're not true road games in the sense that you're not going against a road crowd. So that helps. And it's weird because three of these four teams to start out are coastal division teams. UNC, Georgia Tech, Duke. They played Duke last yeah. year, but they, they we don't know a whole lot about how they fare against these teams. I mean, we know that they struggle against Pitt sometimes. We know that they struggle against NC State, who's the last home game on November 28th. There's just a lot of question marks even against these teams because they don't see them every day and they don't really prep for them as much as I mean it's once every six years you play these teams now you're playing three of them in your first four games but I'm worried that it's going to take a little bit for them to see that first W and if it goes past Georgia Tech then I'd be concerned because if you're 0-3 like you said on the COVID side of things it doesn't help you mentally being engaged but also when you're a young team it's you can have a fragile confidence we'll keep talking about this new schedule out For the ACC, with dates and all that stuff, we're going to break down the second half in just a little bit. But first, I got to tell you about our friends over at rockauto.com. You know, this is that time of year you're using your car a lot because, hey, no one really wants to get into an airplane these days. So you're taking some road trips, maybe. You're driving the kids to practice or whatever. And that means you're putting a lot of wear and tear on your car, and you may need to also maintain your car with everything that's going on right now with that excessive car use. And the best way to do it is by going to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is the easiest way to get your car repaired, and it's a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Be sure to go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They've got everything, engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. RockAuto.com gives you a super easy catalog to navigate and guess what? You see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can choose the brand, specifications, and all that good stuff. Best of all, the prices at RockAuto.com are always going to be low and they're the same for professionals as well as do-it-yourselfers. Be sure to go to RockAuto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Again, write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Let's look at, let's go week four on here with this football team because. All right, let's say they pick up that win against Georgia Tech. You're one and two in all likelihood at that point. And Georgia Tech kicks off a stretch of some winnable games, right? I mean, Georgia yeah. Tech, Duke, Liberty, that chunk right there. I mentioned this is this is a season built in chunks, I feel like, in terms of winning and losing streaks. But you've got three very winnable games right there. Duke and Liberty, especially Duke off a of bye, maybe with a little bit of confidence in you as well. And then Liberty, you handled them last year, and I don't think there's going to be many problems when they come up to your place, assuming that game still takes place. Because, uh, again, the the whole 
if factor is are they going to adhere to ACC COVID protocols and yeah. all that other stuff. So we'll see how how much that that game lingers, or if the ACC even says, yeah, we're still going to have that non conference game. But so you got those three games there. That's a winnable stretch. You couldn't be three and two after that stretch. And while I don't think if you're three and two, that necessarily gives you a leg up confidence wise heading into Clemson. It helps. But I mean, it doesn't hurt. It, it can't hurt. Yeah. And, and maybe uh, I'm not going to go out here and predict a Clemson win in, in the beginning of August, but that Clemson team, what we're seeing right now is it's the guys who have these first round grades that we're seeing opt out. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is these are the guys who it seems like they're doing it for injury related reasons. They don't want to get injured. And again, they don't want to get covid either because they don't know the long term effects of that. But they're opting out of these seasons because what did we see the other day? Three guys who were protect projected possibly top 10 picks in the NFL draft all opt out. Clemson could have some of those guys that are projected highly and, and could opt out. So you might be playing with a very against a very different Clemson team. Now, don't get me wrong. The second and third string still guys stars. for Clemson are yeah. still very good and, and would probably start on the Syracuse team. But you may be seeing a very different Clemson team when it comes down to it. At the very least, maybe you go into Clemson with a little bit of hype around the game. If you've won three in a row and... You know, there is some history there. I guess last year it kind of fell flat in that regard in terms of them continuing the stretch of closer games against Clemson and playing up to their competition against them. I I feel like, you know, Dino's team, if you're winning three in a row going there, at least they're writing about it or there's being talks of maybe, oh, that'd be kind of a, a fun game to tune into. Syracuse with a winning record has played well against Clemson in the past from a national perspective, of course, so... I hope that, I think that stretch, I I can't overstate, I really think the way you start the season this year means even more than normal for two reasons. One, it's such a weird year with players kind of uncertain about this territory, coaches uncertain about this territory, and then two, this is a young Syracuse team that Dino kept saying the other day, and when you look through it, I mean... It's young in the sense that the starters are young, but Dino brought up too, like you got to have positional flexibility this year because someone might have to go into quarantine after you go on the road at UNC at Pitt and a couple people might pick it up. I mean, that's just the reality. If they're playing this season. Yeah, I saw, what was it? Chris Elmore's already been taking some reps at offensive line yeah. right now because that's that's the flexibility they got to roll with and his body type fits, so they're going to put him on that offensive line if need be. And that scares me from a Syracuse perspective, more than I think that would scare, obviously, Clemson, but even some of these other, like North Carolina has been reeling in some talented newcomers. And yes, it hurts North Carolina, but when you're talking about it hurts everyone, I think it hurts Syracuse a lot too, because let's be honest, they don't have a ton of depth at some of these positions. We talked about wide receiver the other day. What if Taj Harris, now I know, this is all hypothetical and it's kind of silly to play these games, but if Taj Harris is one of those guys that goes down, yes, I feel decent about the wide receivers overall, but that's a huge hit to that group. Whereas North Carolina might have another four star who yes, is a freshman, but at least from a talent perspective is a little bit ahead of where Syracuse is in that regard. Right 
Now, when you look down the stretch, let's look at these final five games for the Orange. All right, you've got Wake Forest at home, Boston College at home. That's a game that flipped from being your opener to now a home game at the beginning of November. You got a bye week before Louisville, which I think is going to be important. And then you've got NC State and Notre Dame to close out the season. A game at home, a game in South Bend in the beginning of December. When I when I crunch that down, that's a stretch. And like we've kind of mentioned, the home game's much easier than the road games this year. That's a stretch you can go 3-2. and two. Uh, Especially with, with the bye week heading into Louisville, maybe you drop one of the home games. But then maybe you can rebound with a, a win against the Cardinals because you've got that extra week of prep. Yeah, I have no idea if there's going to be a bowl game, what the qualifications will be. I, I don't I it doesn't feel extremely likely, but who knows, right? So if we just played the game that maybe you're trying to chase after I don't know, if it'd be five wins to make a bowl. A winning four season. Wins. Yeah. There. There you go. Yeah, maybe you're chasing after a winning season, which I think is a little bit lofty, but let's just play that game for a sec. I I feel like You'd like to have some wins in your pocket before you go at Louisville, NC State, Notre Dame, because yes, those are winnable games, but I I guess what I'm saying is I'd like to already get to that bowl qualification if there is one before you go to Notre Dame, because we've seen in the past they've been trending towards a bowl game, and a lot of those times it was Eric Dungey's injury, but still the schedule got tougher, and then they didn't win any games like after their bye week. Well... You get two bye weeks this year, and I think they're starting to do that more. But the they point had two holds. last year too, I believe. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So the point holds that you gotta, I think, pick off some of these wins at home earlier on, like that three-game stretch we mentioned between Georgia Tech, Duke, Liberty. I it's almost tough to evaluate these games later in the schedule because if they're three and two or three and three going to Wake Forest, hey, or Wake Forest would be coming to the Dome, but hey, like, I think they could win that game. But if they struggled and, you know, they lost to a Duke at home or a Georgia Tech at home, I'm feeling a whole lot worse about it. It'll be interesting, too, because once these students come on campus, that's the big concern with a a lot of these SEC athletes. Once the students come on campus, what is going to happen? Because are are you going to feel... safe still with with the protocols because that's when this the second part of the season and, and really even the the early stages I would say anything past the first two weeks I, I saw too that already a couple of students I think got suspended at Syracuse because they weren't adhering to a lot of the protocols yeah. so that that's the dangers of these student athletes and they, they're rightfully given the option to opt out of the season because you look at your own campus and you don't feel safe because there's right. kids who aren't adhering to protocol. So that's the disheartening part of all of this is that it might not even be the football team that shuts these things down. It might yeah. be your average student on campus. That's the reason why college football comes crashing to a halt. All right, coming up next, we're going to get into Cooper Dawson, the first guy to opt out for the Orange. And guess what? He might not be alone. And we'll also hit on some things that Dino Babers said from over this past week. That's all on the other side. So Syracuse gets its first opt-out of the 2020 college football season. It's redshirt freshman Cooper Dawson, a member of the defensive line. He tweeted out yesterday that he's chosen to opt-out for this season. 
And again, I, I don't really blame anyone that's choosing to opt out. And, and Dino Babers even said as much too when he was on his Zoom press conference. And he also said, listen, he, he might not be the last one. He said, he's the only one I'll talk about. There are some others that are pending. So when you hear that, it's, it's kind of a, a red flag as to whether or not this season may happen because that, that's another part of this is when I saw yesterday the, the names start to pile up across the country, especially these high-profile first-round picks, if they're deciding not to play in this season, do they really believe it's going to happen? That, that's kind of the way I, I looked at it. Now, Andre Sisco, the way that he looked at it is I think the season's going to happen. At least it's going to start. He wasn't yeah. entirely sure if it was going to finish, but he thought it was going to start. So, so there's your both sides of the ledger to, to that issue. Yeah, I a couple things on that. One, I liked how Dino brought up that we all talk to each other and everyone is very open in this process. They have no feelings of, I don't want to talk to Coach because he'll be disappointed or any of that. That's good leadership on Syracuse's end in that regard. And it seems like, well, Cooper Dawson tweeted this out on his own, that he obviously spoke to Dino Babers and you know, made that decision kind of in unity with the team. And, and Dino's perfectly okay with that. It seems like they will honor his eligibility, not losing for a year. Although I, I hope that's the case. I think he's kind of a weird one because he's just coming off a red shirt year. So I, I'd have to look into that. But we more. see, I mean, the NCAA reserves that sixth year for a lot of guys. Yeah, and they should, right? I mean, if they do it for injury, I think they'll do it for global pandemic. That's the way I look at it. Isn't that extreme enough of a circumstance to, to yeah. get that sixth year? Global pandemic. I know, what was it? Terrell Hunt kept battling for that, what was it, sixth or seventh year? Yeah. And. <laughs> he didn't end up getting it, but he probably should have given the the injury history he dealt with and the fact that his I think he had the Achilles he tore his Achilles at week one of his senior season. Yeah, no, I I think that if they reserve it for these injuries, you're going to see them reserve it for global pandemic. That's just my yeah. the way I look at it. it. At least we hope. I mean, it'd be a new low for the NCAA. I think it and, really and, would. Yeah, yeah, and Dino actually sort of brought up how he's kind of waiting on some waivers which are some eligibility from I think he's talking about a certain Florida transfer at the offensive line position which he he wasn't too in on the NCAA the way he was talking he didn't say anything too damning but he was just kind of like yeah you know we're we're still waiting out and I'd like if that process was a little bit better which holy cow it's been a while on, on that front but that's a whole separate discussion uh on the Opting out on how he said pending for a couple guys, we should note Andre Sisco, Aaron Service also spoke at uh, this Zoom press conference, and Sisco sort of shut down the idea of opting out. He said he hasn't considered it, at least yet, and he, like you said, thinks the season will start on time and basically was like, who knows from there. But good to hear that as a first-round pick or someone that's being talked about in that light, he hasn't considered it because. And again, I know we've been talking a lot about how Cisco might opt out of this season. I think the way that we presented this whole thing, though, was if the season got moved to yes. the spring or if there was no season. Right. Then I think you're going to see Andre Cisco 
probably opt out. Yeah. But if the season's in the fall, I think there's no doubt he's playing. And he was one of those guys that tweeted out something to the effect of, let's go play ball or jacked up when that initial ACC schedule came out, which a lot of guys did. I think a lot of guys fall into the camp of, I just really hope we have a season. I want to get back on the field. That's totally fair, obviously. And then Aaron Service said, Right now I'm playing, but of course you have to think about that stuff. So I'm not saying he's one of the pending guys. It seems like he's pretty in on playing right now, but I think that'd be the answer we'd get from a lot of kids right now because it's ever-changing. Right. So Dino Babers, another one of the, the quotes that stood out to me in his confidence for a season, he goes, well, I think it all comes down to that magic word of faith. I have faith that our guys can pull it off. We've tested 1,200 times. I'm not allowed to tell you what the number is in terms of positive tests. But if they were giving a title off of best COVID numbers, I believe we'd be in the final four. Looks like these Syracuse players are taking this thing really seriously. And the way that Dino said the numbers there, and and without disclosing what the number actually was, it makes you believe that number is pretty low in terms of the number of players that have tested positive and just the way that Syracuse has gone about this entire thing. It seems like they're taking this really seriously. But again, the the giant X factor in the room is what's it going to be like when students come back on campus? Because again, sure, maybe you look across the the country with all these positive cases flaring up at these football programs, but I wouldn't be quick to stigmatize that it's necessarily the football team's fault that a lot of these kids are coming down with COVID. Yeah, I saw something, I believe it was at Louisville, and it was a lot of the other sports that got together at a party, and then all of a sudden, a lot of those kids had it. So, And that'll probably keep happening at other schools for sure. The thing about Dino saying that Final Four thing makes me feel better about their COVID testing, but at the end of the day, we don't really know. I mean, there, you know, he could say that because there's... I, I, I guess I we should just take his word for it. Obviously, it makes me feel better about how they're doing the testing, but... I mean, that's the beauty for them of not disclosing these tests is we just sit here and kind of assume the better of the two alternatives in terms of are they doing good or are they doing bad because we don't know the actual results. But I was pleased to hear that the Final Four thing because that probably means that that they are doing well. Yeah, a couple more things I want to hit and then we'll get out of here. Uh, one of the other things Dino said is that he's going to try to strategically match roommates yeah, based on their adherence to protocol. I found that very interesting. Not necessarily surprising, but I think that's going to – you might know where you stand on the depth chart based on who your roommate is, right? Like if you're rooming with Tommy DeVito, you're probably a starter. Yeah. Right? I mean that that's that's something that I would or imagine. At least if, you're you're... Room, if you're paired with a walk-on – Listen, the walk-on's not going to see much playing time. Or maybe they will. Who knows? Well, with, maybe with it's the way just that everything's you, going, you pair but. DeVito with someone who's going to make sure the QB's in line. I don't know what he means directly by that. Obviously, that would make it seem like DeVito is someone that you have to keep in check. I'm not saying that, but DeVito's such a valuable asset to the team that I think you do have to be strategic with who you're putting him with and making sure that he's kind of following the same guidelines if he's with the right person. Right. And then the last thing I want to get to Aaron service when he was talking on the recent demands made by the Pac-12 and the Big 12, 
He said, obviously, stuff like that has been discussed. There's a lot of different things going on, not only with college football, but with the nation. It sounds like, based off of hearing that, the ACC is going to come up with some sort of list of demands to get this season going. Yeah. And just the way that that was phrased, to me at least, uh, don't be surprised to see one of the ACC players come out with or the, a collection of ACC players come out with some sort of players tribune type of piece yeah last thing I'll say we ran a poll on our Twitter page at LO underscore Syracuse and the question I posed will an ACC football season start in 2020 so basically in the fall right now yes at 38 percent no at 62 percent kind of interesting that people are kind mm. of at the point of admitting that maybe it's not looking great yeah, well, those are the numbers that we're giving you. Unscientific. Again, my my <laughs> unscientific number that that I gave. What did I give? Did I give you 30% dropped, last time? You dropped because I dropped to I thirty. So I think you, you dropped were to thirty. 20? So I dropped to twenty. Yeah. Yes, and and I feel like that kind of summarizes how I'm feeling right yeah, now. So me too. I don't know. We'll see. It seems like Andre Cisco and, and Dino Babers are positive that's going to start. They're not exactly up in arms over the the thought of this potentially finishing. Not I shouldn't say up in arms, but they, they don't seem fully confident that this thing is going to finish on time. So with that, we cross our fingers for the weekend because, hey, new stuff comes out every single day with this. So if you're a Syracuse student on campus, be safe. If you want to see some football in the fall, you got to be wearing your mask, adhering to protocols because we don't want you guys to be the ones that are shutting this whole operation down. All right, that's going to do it for us here on this Friday edition of the Locked on Syracuse podcast. Be sure to check out the show on Twitter at LO underscore Syracuse. For Tim, I'm Tyler. Have a safe, happy weekend, and wear a mask. <laughs>